Thank you for downloading Crises and Kings with Rabbi Michael Hatton, an exploration of the Book of Samuel. This series is a production of Produce North America in partnership with the Corn Podcast Network and is lovingly sponsored by the Newstein family in memory of Rabbi Dr. Joseph Newstein for his fourth yard site. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening. And now, Michael Hatton. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Hatton in Jerusalem, and welcome back to our Pardes podcast on Sefer Shemuel. Last time, we read about the aftermath of David's triumph over the Philistine giant Goliath, Goliath. Even as the women sang songs of celebration, praising Shaul, but praising David more, Shaul's jealousy was aroused. He attempted to kill David on a number of occasions, and David was able to flee, mainly due to the intervention of Shaul's own children, Yonatan and Michal. Michal lowers David from the window, and he flees into the night so that Shaul's officers cannot arrest him. David makes his way to Shimuel, and there indicates to Shimuel his plight. Even as Shaul attempts to hunt him down, he is foiled by the very fact that Shaul's officers fall under the prophetic power of Shimuel and engage in prophetic ecstasy instead of arrest. The chapter ended with Shaul himself coming to catch David. But like the officers that he sent before him, Shaul as well falls into a state of prophetic ecstasy and takes off his kingly garments. And last time I mentioned, of course, a very similar scene accompanied the rise of Shaul to kingship, also inspired by the prophets as Shimuel had said would happen, the third sign in chapter 10, that was the onset of, the, of Shaul, as it were, donning the robes of kingship, and now effectively in this moment, in this flashback, in this echo, he will now take those robes off, a sure sign that his kingship, although it may last for an extended period of time, will ultimately come to an end. Chapter 20 looks at the relationship between David and Yonatan in greater detail. It is perhaps the greatest friendship story that the Hebrew Bible tells. We've already seen how Yonatan is a natural ally to David. Both of them believe in the same fundamental values and principles. Both of them are men of initiative and courage with a profound trust in God. Both of them are prepared to take risks in order to be triumphant. That was clear in Yonatan's story when he attacked the Philistine encampment with his servant boy, and certainly in the story of David facing down Goliath and defeating him. David flees from Shimuel at the beginning of chapter 20, and as I've already pointed out, this is a new chapter in David's life, living the life of a fugitive, adjusting to this new condition in which much of his time he will be in flight from the wrath of the king. David flees from Shimuel and he comes before Yonatan 
and he pleads with him, what have I done to deserve your father's rage? Your father wants to kill me. Yonatan, however, is not convinced that that is in fact the case. Why would my father conceal it from me? This is rather strange considering that Shaul tried to kill David on a number of occasions in chapter 18 and chapter 19, and surely Yonatan was aware of those. Some of the commentaries understand that Yonatan is acutely aware that Shaul is sometimes seized by a jealous madness, but that is not necessarily his default state. So perhaps Yonatan is holding out the hope that in fact, in spite of the fact that his father did try to kill David, that may not be where Shaul actually is. That's Yonatan's hope. But of course, David is not convinced and cannot really take the chance. We must test your father's intentions. And so David suggests that when Rosh Chodesh comes, Rosh Chodesh, the first day of the month in ancient times, was a day of celebration, was a time for a sacrificial meal, and involved a lot of pomp and circumstance. David says, I will absent myself from the king's table for the Rosh Chodesh festivities, and we will see your father's reaction. If your father says, where is David? I want you to tell him that I had to return to my family in Beit Lechem in order to celebrate with them. And in fact, that is what happens. That is how Yonatan will test his father's intentions. If Shaul is upset at David's departure, that's a sure sign that he is jealous of David and paranoid for David to leave his surveillance. But Yonatan now interjects with a plea for David to offer an oath and a pledge for the future. Yonatan says in verse number 12, I will investigate and inquire from my father and I will indicate to you what his plans are. And if he plans evil for you, you can be sure that I will let you know. May God be with you as he was with my father, says Yonatan. And if this, this of course, is a pathetic revelation where Yonatan now acknowledges that God was with his father Shaul, but no longer is. May God be with you as he was with my father, says Yonatan, already indicating that in Yonatan's mind, David has a bright future, a future as the future king of Israel. Verse 14 states, Velo im odeni chai. If I am still alive, then you must act compassionately with me so that I do not die. Do not cut off your compassion from my household forever, even when God cuts off the enemies of David from upon the face of the earth. What Yonatan is effectively saying is, I know that you will be king one day, and it is the action of every new king, the very first thing that a new king does in the ancient world is wipe out the previous dynasty so that no threat can emerge from that family. 
Yonatan says, I know that you will be king, and therefore I want you to swear that you will preserve my descendants after me and not destroy them. And Yonatan exacts this oath from David, as the text reports, Ki ahavat nafsho ahevo, he truly loved him with his soul. In the end, of course, David will swear that oath. And as the David story unfolds, we will see that he keeps that oath to the letter. So here we have an absolutely brilliant sketch, the relationship between Yonatan and David. On the one hand, Yonatan feels an incredible connection to David and can already anticipate that he will be the future king of Israel. But on the other hand, Yonatan's nobility of character prevents him from betraying his own father. Yonatan will not jump ship, even though if we were to ask ourselves what is in Yonatan's best interests, it may very well be to join forces with David since his father has been rejected as king. But Yonatan will have nothing of it. He will not abandon his father's side, even as he will not betray his soulmate, David. It is truly an incredible description of what friendship is about. The essence of friendship is the willingness to sacrifice my own interests for the interests of the friend that I love. That's what friendship is about. It's about altruism. It's about allowing your friend to succeed and being happy for that success. And here, Yonatan effectively writes himself out of the story by allowing David to live and to prosper, he will exact an oath from David not to destroy his descendants, but at the end of the day, Yonatan will not act in his own interests, but rather in the interests of David. That is, after all, the ultimate friendship. David goes into hiding, Rosh Chodesh arrives, the king sits down to the meal, and of course, David is nowhere to be found. The first day of Rosh Chodesh passes without incident. Shaul says perhaps David did not attend the meal because he was not ritually fit. This is an indication, of course, that in ancient times, sacrificial meals were only consumed if a person was in a state of quote-unquote holiness or ritual fitness. When the second day of Rosh Chodesh arrives, and David is nowhere to be seen, Shaul's suspicions are aroused. And he inquires of Yonatan, why has the son of Yishai not come to the meal yesterday or today? This is, of course, a derisive way to refer to David. He doesn't call David by his first name, but rather Ben Yishai, the son of Yishai. It's like referring to somebody by their last name today. And Yonatan answers, exactly what David told him to say. David's family requested that he return to Beit Lechem in order to celebrate with his family because that is their custom. 
But Shaul's reaction is absolutely rage, full of rage. He cries out to Yonatan. Really, uh, it's almost an obscenity in the original Hebrew. I know that you are a supporter and a champion for the son of Yishai to your own disgrace and the disgrace of your mother's nakedness. As long as the son of Yishai lives on this earth, then you and your kingship will not be established. Now take him, bring him here so that I might kill him. So here Shaul indicates to us what Yonatan surely does know. And it is true. As long as David is alive, Yonatan can never become king after Shaul. And yet that's precisely the point, that Yonatan is prepared to surrender his own kingly future for the sake of his love for his friend, David. Yonatan attempts to, to defend David before Shaul, but to no avail, Shaul raises the spear against him to strike him, and Yonatan now realizes without a doubt that his father is determined to kill David. What remains is for Yonatan to now quickly convey that message to David that he must flee, and this is what he does through the ruse of the archery and the lad who fetches the arrows. Yonatan fires an arrow, tells his lad to fetch the arrow, but he and David have already arranged a code between them. If he tells the lad, the arrow is beyond, keep going, that's a message to David to keep going and to not turn back, to not return to the court, but to flee. And if Yonatan tells the lad, you have gone too far, the arrow is behind you, come back to fetch it, then that's a code to David that he can in fact return because Shaul will not kill him. So Yonatan fires the arrow, he tells the lad, it's beyond you, keep going keep going, it's far. And David now knows that he must take his leave. But even at this moment, Yonatan cannot let go. The lad fetches the arrow, he sends the lad back to the city, and he now calls out to David, and they have a tearful parting of ways. Verse number 41, of chapter 20, Hanna'arba, the lad took the arrows back and David arose from the southern side and he fell upon his face to the ground and prostrated himself three times and both of them kissed and both of them cried until David cried exceedingly. Vayomer Yehonatan David, Yonatan says to David, Lech l'shalom, go to peace. We have sworn, both of us in the name of God, saying, God will be between you and between me and between my descendants and between your descendants forever. And with that, David will take his leave from his great friend and colleague, Yonatan. 
those that have been in the military understand that friendship takes on epic proportions. When your life depends on the actions of your comrade in arms and his life depends on your actions, that creates a kind of bond which is overwhelmingly powerful. It's not a regular friendship. The fact that David and Yonatan share the same values and the same, same personality, the fact that they are both involved in fighting the Philistines perhaps together, all of this serves to create this incredible friendship between them. And of course, the tragedy of the story is that Yonatan will never be able to live out his future. Really, what should have happened was David would become king and Yonatan would be viceroy or some other arrangement would be made between them. And we'll talk more about this later because it will come up explicitly. But of course, this cannot be the case. And Yonatan therefore emerges as an incredibly tragic figure in the story, but also an incredibly noble figure because he is willing and prepared to sacrifice his future for the sake of his friend, David. We will follow the story as David becomes king and in fact has the opportunity to wipe out the dynasty of Shaul, but steadfastly refuses to do so even though it goes against the stability of his realm. And all of this a function of the friendship between him and Yonatan and the pledge and the oath, the covenant between them that David would preserve Yonatan's offspring and Yonatan's descendants forever. So there's much to think about in this chapter, about friendship, about sacrifice, about altruism, and also about the fundamental importance of keeping one's word and keeping one's pledge. Next time we'll talk about David and his adventures in flight from Shaul, and ultimately, there's going to be much destruction which is sown as a result of this story, tragically. We note, of course, parenthetically, how difficult the situation is. Here is David, effectively anointed by Samuel to be future king of Israel back in chapter 16. But it's actually just the beginning of David's story as a fugitive, and there is so much more to happen before he will actually become king. We might start thinking about why it's important for the story or for the development of David as a character for him to undergo this incredible challenge and trial of being anointed as king and yet not able to actually become king for quite some time. We'll discuss some of that a little later. Thank you again for listening to Crises and Kings with Rabbi Michael Hatton, a production of Parties North America in partnership with the Corn Podcast Network. If you liked what you just heard, 
please give a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.